everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Kelly O show. I have a killer show for you today and actually this is a two-part episode so make sure you listen to both this part one and then tune into part two when it goes live immediately the next day after. This is an interview with Michelle and Lori Corso. Now, for those of you who already know these ladies, you probably know them as Purely Twins. That's been the name of their blog from when I first connected with these ladies and recruited them to be part of Fitfluential years and years and years ago. Um, so we've known each other for a long time, and I reached out to them to have them on the show because as my health started to improve recently, I found myself finally, you know, having a few minutes here and there to be on Facebook. And it just would so happen that people I hadn't seen in a while would come across my feed. And I saw a post, I don't know if it was by Michelle or Lori, considering they're twins that, you know, identical, it's like hard to remember which one it was. But I just remember this post showing that, you know, they were sharing, I've come past so many health issues. And from my own experience, I've known these ladies to be very transparently sharing their issues with hormones and particularly how their health concerns were exhibiting themselves in skin issues. Now, you guys know I've been dealing with, I don't really know what to call it, whether it's a skin infection or a tendency to get hives or bumps or rashes on my neck and my my upper, upper arms and sometimes on my chest for years. I do think that we've potentially found the answers and I'll be podcasting on that separately, both from my story and the experts that are helping me get past it from a diet change perspective. Um, so much can be tied back to food and our gut, you guys. It's it's really amazing. But both Michelle and Lori had dealt with serious skin problems, um, one of them with acne and one of them with eczema. And I think they both had um, a little bit of each. But they struggled for years. And, and then suddenly I see this post, and I hadn't seen them in a while, and they both just looked like, wow, amazing. And so I started following them for a couple of days and checking in with them. And I'm like, wow, these ladies have really come far in figuring out, 
I didn't know at the time what it was, but in figuring out their health issues. And I knew they struggled for, for quite a while. And so I asked them to be on the show. And let me just tell you, whenever I have guests on the show, we don't rehearse. We don't necessarily talk about, hey, here's the questions I'm going to ask you. We don't go, I don't know what they're going to say. So I just let it flow. I just knocked something over. Sorry. And I learned so much about these two and their journey the past several years, how they've been able to get past. And I really didn't know this was going to come up in the show. But what's wonderful is we talk about in this show how they got past some, like me, a time period where they were both dealing with you know, extreme diet behaviors because of essentially being self-conscious. Um, they were overtraining, under eating, you know, what so many of us can get into when we get into a fit lifestyle. We take it too far. Um, and many of those times that we take it too far, it's because of how we feel about ourselves inside. So a lot of this um, interview, this first interview, you'll hear how they, um, I don't want to give away the farm here and tell you everything, but we really talk a lot about how they did the work to figure out the source physically of their health and skin issues, but then also how they really feel and how their life illustrates that a focus on personal development and working on themselves and their own issues, you know, all of our own issues, insecurity, um, worrying about what other people think, um, all that can be wrapped up in that whole self-conscious ball, if you will. They started working on that. And that when they started working on the inside, you know, working on themselves from the inside out, that changed everything for them. Um, and you will just what a wonderful interview this was. It really, really was. And, and I'm going to have them back on the shows for, for two other topics um, because we're going to do a, a more deep dive on the skin lessons that they've learned with dealing with the, the acne and the eczema because so many of you have asked about that. I'm also going to have them both back on the show uh, for the business series to talk about how they've really made a solid uh, business um, from what they started off. They started off blogging. Now they're more on YouTube and they have a thriving business. Um, that that follows what they're passionate about and they're really loving their lives and that's you know somebody obviously I had to have back on the show so all that said this is a jam-packed two-part episode with purely twins Michelle and Lori Corso make sure you listen to both parts you're going to walk away with so much inspiration and so much information um, that you're going to want to hear more about, I know, but this is going to be a fantastic interview that's going to open your eyes on so many levels. So sit back and enjoy again this two part episode. It's about 60 minutes total with Michelle and Lori Corso. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Kelly O Show. As I said, I've got Michelle and Lori here with me, ready to go. Ladies, welcome to the show. Can we get started? Yes, thank you so much for having us here. We're super excited. I'm so thrilled. And it has been, how long ago was it that I first met the two of you? Like figuratively, not figuratively, what's the word I'm looking for? Virtually. Virtually. Virtually before we ever saw each other in person. We've hung out in person, right? Yes. It's been Um, probably eight, I would say eight years. years. Eight or nine years. Sometimes when I think back 
to that when I was, I was describing it to somebody, I'm like, they said, well, when did you start your first company? And I was like, well, it was 2011. And I'm realizing like, we're coming up on like 10 years and that just makes me go, oh my God, you know, crazy. But yeah, I remember, I remember your blog and the two of you being these just fabulous young twins. And you, you, back then you were mostly blogging and now you're more heavily focused on a YouTube channel where you've just got legions of fans tuning in because I, I mean, and I remember that's why I reached out to you guys. I mean, I've always wanted you on the show, but I remember stumbling on some of your uh, posts and I'm like, wow, because I hadn't seen you in a while. Yeah. And that was both because of my health issues and life and business changes. And, and I just been kind of unplugged from a lot of social media and connecting with people. And so when I stumbled on you on Facebook and then I went over to YouTube and I saw some of the stuff you were talking about and you both looked so different. <laughs> and I mean, you were obviously, you know, time has passed. So, you know, you just seem like you weren't these, these, tiny, young, that sounds bad. Every time I open my mouth today, I sound like I'm saying something insulting. No, I people get what you're trying to say. <laughs> you know, like you've, you've matured and you've been through so much. And I'm like, wow, the two of you just seem to be like really owning your business and your health. And it was so refreshing to see that. So that's oh. why I reached out to you. But before we dive into that, because you have a lot that you're going to teach us today. And, and frankly, I know you're going to teach me a lot because a lot of what you've been going through and you've gotten past are issues now that I'm going to be addressing. But whenever I have folks on the show for the first time, I always love to hear their stories and particularly for our audience. Tell people, um, for both of you, when did you both get into fitness, like, like being interested in working out and, and being fit? And how did you end up, you know, moving that into having a blog? When was that for you and why? Um, well, we've always been into fitness ever since young. We had two older sisters that when we were, I guess, in middle school, they are four, year, five, four or five years older than us. Um, they were getting into like more fitness related things and they just continued to do it. And so we kind of watched them and then we got into sports and then my, our sisters got into bodybuilding. And so we watched them kind of go through bodybuilding, doing all this cardio, eating only like plain broccoli and chicken all the time and canned tunas. And the bro so, diet. Yeah. And so we were like, what? you know, and we saw their bodies changing. And so we we're like, oh, this is so interesting. So like we would start bringing just broccoli to school lunches and stuff like that. So we've been open to it. And then when we got to college, um, we started working for uh, a supplement company as a guy that had his own company. It was like a GNC, but it was privately owned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was all into fitness. And so we're, we were surrounded by like protein bars and protein powders and all these weird supplements and hormones and stuff like that for people to take. So we were, we were into all that, but we were always more into the cardio side of things. And mm-hmm. our, our so funny looking back, our the boss back then, he always would make comments. You girls need to cut back on the cardio and do more strength training. And we're like, no, no, we have to do the cardio. <laughs> we all were, we were all cardio bunnies. Yeah. We all, yeah. I, yeah. I'm sorry. And it, looking back, it did a lot more harm than good to us. But that's, I guess, when it started. But it started then. We didn't have any really self-esteem in ourselves. We're already very shy-natured girls and very conservative, like quiet at times. Mm-hmm. So we always like felt like nobody, especially being twins, 
it has its pluses, but one of the things that we've had to come through is that we felt growing up, which stemmed into all of our issues with ex over-exercising, is that we felt no one really liked us because nobody ever really came up to us because well, according to our mom now told us everybody was very intimidated because there was always two of us. So mm. as young girls, we always took it as, oh, nobody's coming up to talk to us. Nobody must, there must be something wrong with us. Mm. Nobody likes us. So then we turned really heavily and seeing our sisters get into fitness. So we really heavily turned into exercise, what our body looked like. We I felt was, like we had to look a certain way to, to be yeah, like our journey into fitness wasn't, I wouldn't say necessarily a healthy one. We came in being not confident in ourselves and we used fitness as a tool to manipulate to, our bodies. To keep our bodies looking a certain way because we felt if we keep it small, if we keep ourselves tiny, people are like us, we're going to fit in, we're going to be seen as beautiful. So we, we got into fitness not really like, it kind of saved us in the sense because it, 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 over time we learned it gave us strength that we didn't know we had, but it really stemmed though first from a very deep dark place that we didn't love ourselves and mm -hmm. we feel like that's what um a lot of girls do and which is yeah. which is to expect is where our society is but looking back when we when we started documenting and sharing our health journeys over on our blog we looking back a lot of it stemmed was because we abused our bodies with fitness too much fitness and then on top of that we restricted our eats like crazy and we just jumped around so I would say like our journey into fitness wasn't maybe what we would recommend with people starting with is as we have now used fitness as a whole new way of showing ourselves love that we do love ourselves and this is how we're going to take care of ourselves. So our journey, but we had realized looking back, we had to know what that was like to be hitting our bodies to over-exercise because now we get to help other women who are in that spot see that they can still work out and get the body they want, but doing it from a loving place. Yeah. God, that is like mic drop moment right there. And it's so true. It's, it's ironic because that's very similar to a post I put up on um, social about myself because it, it really took me until just recently to get to the place where I had that moment of awareness going, okay, I have literally bashed myself emotionally, beat myself up, talked down to myself, been so hard on myself, aspired to be this perfectionistic ideal that doesn't even exist, mm -hmm. held myself to a standard that is unattainable. And just con the constant stream of negative self-talk, and negative doesn't even cover it. I mean, the, <laughs> the self-loathing that I have mm -hmm. filled myself with the past so many years. And I finally had this moment of going, okay, so that's all I know. That's all I've done is been insecure, cut myself down, wanted to hide in my apartment when I thought I was too fat, you know, embarrassed about everything, beating myself up, st standing in the mirror, picking apart, picking apart my flaws, not wanting to go to the gym because I think everyone's looking at me and pointing at me because I'm too fat. How mm -hmm. has that worked out for me? Like all of the self-loathing and picking myself apart hasn't done anything. For me, and I finally had this. It's funny because Jennifer Lopez performing at the Super Bowl, you know, everybody was talking about her and Shakira. Yeah. I distinctly remember about whenever it was that she had one of her, I don't know, I don't know how many children she has, 
But she was training for a marathon after the birth of one of her children. And I remember seeing, this was in the middle of my self-loathing and I have to be perfect to walk outside because just like you, I I didn't think people would like me if I wasn't perfect. And you know, one can be perfect. But I remember seeing this article about Jennifer Lopez and they were showing her training and it was like six months after she had a baby. And she certainly was by no means in her regular rock hard body, Jennifer Lopez look but she was out training and she was wearing, you know, like a bra top and she was heavier than normal, but she was training and people were taking pictures of her. And I remember thinking back then, like, Oh my God, I can't believe she let herself go out like looking like that. And honest to God, I, I remembered that recently because I'm like, you know what, Kelly, you need to get over yourself. And if Jennifer Lopez can go out there and just train and, and stop worrying about like, we all start somewhere, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and we've got to start. I'm really starting to understand how important it is for all of us to just what you said, love ourselves. It's such a phrase we hear all the time, self-love, but like, if you're not loving on yourself and encouraging yourself and being proud of where you are, instead of picking yourself apart, like how do you ever expect to have success? And that's one of the things I'm focusing on is trying to be the opposite of what I was in the past, how hard I was. So I love that you brought that up. Um, I think also too, for so many of us, we were all hit that moment of that aha moment, what we've been doing to our bodies at different times of when we're supposed to go through it. And for Michelle and I, our aha moments of that we're at our darkest days. I was covered in acne for five years. Michelle started getting her bad eczema. And that's when we realized, oh, what are we what have we been doing to ourselves these last couple of years or past even 10 years beyond that has led us up to this point. But looking back, we're so grateful for all that, all of our health issues. Mm-hmm. Because with all our health issues and while while our like addiction to exercise, we wouldn't have been where we are today. And I think you know, we're so looking back, we're so proud of ourselves because the one thing that was the biggest game changer on top of our healing of that aha moment of, oh, we've been really abusing our bodies, hating on our bodies, is that we had no self-love practice in place. We didn't even know really what self-love was, what really what self-care was. And so that's when we really got into like personal development work and that hands down, we're big believers and the power of your mind in the terms of your success. And because so many of us, we realize we're all in power. The reason why we beat ourselves up sometimes through food and exercise is because deep down inside, we all feel like we're not enough. But once Michelle and I learned to start accepting ourselves, hey, we are enough, things really started shifting for us in terms of our health getting better and improving for sure. So that was a big, I would say, one of our biggest aha moments is when we realized we had no self-care, self-love practice in place at all. All we knew was hating on our bodies, picking on our bodies, researching again what diet to go on next to mm-hmm. fix our, what, you know, what food not to eat to make me not break out or how can I even do this? And so that's that obsessions, you know, but we were grateful for them because they led us to all these outbreak over breakthroughs. Yeah, definitely. And I think one thing to kind of remember for all that are listening is that all of our journeys are going to look different. So Lori and I are really big about please don't compare yourself to where like that Lori healed in five years that your if your journey's longer and my ex mo like where are your face and just just it's your journey and own it and just use other people as inspiration to remind you of hope that you can get through it. And but I think a lot of a lot of it has to what we've also realized along our personal development journey is it's what do you believe about yourself and what you believe is possible for yourself. 
And if you think about it, so many, there's so many diets, there's so many ways of exercising. And it's like, there really isn't one that's the best. And that's the biggest thing Lori and I finally discovered. And that's the big message we try to teach is just find a way of movement that you like and you enjoy that you, it's not obsessive. You're doing it from a place of love to take care of yourself and same with approaching your diet. Um, Cause one thing that we learned and what we feel is a big factor that led to a lot of our health issues, not only was it emotional health, which we can talk about if you want as well, but a lot of emotional problems we had going on, which also surfaced through our skin and gut health. But we learn along our journey, every time you change something in your diet, you literally are changing your gut in that moment. And think about it. We looking back, like we changed our diet. It felt like almost weekly, yeah. like we're yes. eating this, we're not eating this. It was like, it was extremes. It wasn't like this gentle, let's do this for no, it was like all this or nothing. And yes. uh, looking back, like, wow, we really tore up our gut. And it was in 2013. I guess it's kind of, I feel like when paleo primal wave eating was kind of becoming big, we're like, you know what? We were raw vegan for many years. It, it didn't work out for us. And we were just at the point where we just wanted to heal. And so we opened ourselves up to like, maybe this is the way we need to heal. Again, everyone's journey is different. I'm not saying this is for everybody, but this is what's how we went through. But we did a gut healing protocol. We actually documented the whole 30 days on our blog. Um, but I do think it's, take, it's worth taking the time for people to do. Nowadays, though, I feel like there's so much information on what you should be doing and not doing with your gut health. So I can understand why some people just throw their hands up like, well, I don't know what to do. Because I mean, yeah. look at, even for me, like knowing what I know now, like I'm like, wow, like there is so much confusion out there of like, you should follow this and this and this. And um, But I think the biggest thing we always tell people is if you eat mostly real foods, you're going to be okay. And, and if you can learn to stop stressing over food, because whenever you're in a heightened state, it doesn't matter what you are eating, wholesome or not, your body's going to be in an inflamed state. So it's not going to digest. You're going to get some type of reaction, which is going to cause you to think, oh my gosh, even that apple just made me bloat. When really it wasn't the apple, it was that you were in a stressed state, which is also why Lori and I are so big about people need to really take care of their mental and emotional health when healing, I think a lot of people we did, yeah. this is why we're sharing and why we shared a lot of our stories, we skipped that part. We get we focused just on the supplements, just on the diet, just on the exercise, and not really realizing it was what was actually going on inside of us that was actually what was eating us up. Yeah. Oh my like, God. That is like everything you just said, I'm over here nodding my head, wishing I could fist pump you in person. Like, again, that sounds weird when you say it out loud, but you know what I mean. Um, tr I, I love that you, you brought up so many great points and, and truthfully, I can certainly um, mirror everything you're saying in my own life because, you know, back to what you were starting to say, you've got to go through the tough times to evolve, to learn those mm -hmm. tough lessons. I, <laughs> I actually just posted a similar message again, on my own stuff uh, last night, because these have been so prof profoundly um, transformative in my life from a business perspective, personal perspective, emotional, spiritual, physical, everything. I've just, I'm a new person, but mm -hmm. I had to go through these awful, excuse my French, shit storms in my health and in my life to, to just, you, you kind of hit the ground, right? Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. then you open your eyes. I, I love as well that you brought up the point um, several things that I want to pick up on. Um, you know, you brought up the point that 
it's so easy for fitness to become a, a healthy obsession that turns into an unhealthy obsession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to what you both said, you know, I love that you brought that up because I think we need to call it out. Like, let's be real. A lot of people <laughs> start getting fit because, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like we, we want to look good in our jeans. We want to fit smaller. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to look good. No, and, I feel like we, we believe that is a, that is a, God-given birthright in a way, like we are, we're born with that natural ability of wanting to be attractive and there's nothing wrong with it. Just how you do it is, can be sometimes where it gets a little icky. And that's, and that, you know, the truth is, I think the more it's not like this is the only place, but the more all of us can talk about these issues, the more that, I mean, honestly, it was really surprising to me that as I started sharing stuff. And I just became more vulnerable on my own social Mm -hmm. platforms. And I was sharing, here's what I'm dealing with, with my hypothyroidism, with this, that, and the other, like more women would come out. They would, they would comment on these YouTube videos I put up four years ago. And they're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I found somebody else. You know, it's like, they think they're alone. They think they're the only ones that, that are dealing with, you know, can't lose weight, can't sleep, can't have this, can't solve the skin problems, you know, always not able to digest food, whatever. So the more that we talk about these issues, whether they're strictly physical or emotional, and I think so many of them are, like you said, tied together, mm-hmm. I, I do believe that we'll have less folks going down a bad path longer, right? Like yeah. so many it's amazing how many folks I I've known in this fitness space for years and years and years. And I've watched them go through, I mean, and you know, this in the early days of Fitfluential, there were a lot of our bloggers that started to get fit. And then they got really, really, you could tell there was a lot of eating disorder stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And it's sad, but I think that it all comes from back to what you both said, because certainly um, I'm a lot older than both of you and I've been dealing with it for decades more, but it all comes from a place of feeling utterly insecure, utterly bad about yourself. Um, you know, and thinking that you're going to achieve something, you know, if you can control your body, if you can get your body smaller, people will like you, you'll be accepted. Everything's going to be better. And we all know that doesn't, that's not true, but that's the mindset that happens with a lot of women. And I love that you brought up that it was for both of you. And I'm curious, this is a this is my first question out of everything that I want to mm-hmm. piggyback off. You said that, you know, you got into understanding that what was, what was driving some of your behaviors was your, you know, insecurities, your emotional issues, you know, your, how you felt about yourself. And so you got into personal development. That is something that is not common. I mean, I, was first exposed to probably personal development when my friend Amy invited me to a Tony Robbins event. And I remember thinking it was so dumb that it was going to be so dumb and he's so stupid. And this is so hogwash changed my life. And now I can't get enough of business books and personal development books, but it is rare. It's not typical that that everybody's going, Oh my gosh, you know, what Brene Brown book are you reading? So (laughs) was it like, like, was there somebody that came into your life? How did you, how did you start to get into personal development? Because before you, before people get into personal development, that's the aisle in Barnes and Noble that nobody like that. If you, if you're not on that path to self-improvement, you're embarrassed to go down that aisle. You don't want to go oh, down yeah. the self-help. And that was us. We I remember looking at the self-help books, knowing that's where I needed to go, but I didn't want anyone ever <laughs> in there. Like it was like, oh my gosh, she needs help, help. Like I and I remember one of the first books I got was an Oprah book. 
how to live your best life years ago when she kind of was one of the first people I would say that kind of opened myself up to other things. Uh-huh. But our story really getting into deep personal development work is probably not what you think. It's, it was through growing our business. It was turning our focus on growing off our skin, off our issues, and not really on how we can make a business and help other people. And when I hired a coach, how it was exactly how we got into it. We that opened our eyes to that it was all mindset. There's other stuff going on. Was uh, about money, our mindset around money, what we're worth. And how that relates to your self-esteem and how you see yourself and like all this stuff. It's all it was like connected. a can of worms just a, a popped open. And so when we with this coach, she started off for growing your business. You need to work on your money mindset, what you think you're worth, and all this stuff. And all did that ties then just overall how you view yourself. Do you think you're a valuable a valuable person? Do you think you're worth it? Do you think you're amazing? And, and we noticed we obviously didn't. And so it was actually focusing on our business and growing our business to help more people is how we got in to personal development. It wasn't for our health at all. It was not related. Wow. It led to us realizing that, oh my gosh, we, this is what we kept telling issues. these same stories that we are always the girls that have gut issues or they're always the ones struggling with our skin and not realizing by us saying those stories over and over, that was why we were experiencing that reality. And it mm. wasn't until we had to start taking ownership. And I think that's where a lot of people don't want to do. They don't want to admit they're a part of the reason why they're having their problems. I mean, who does? I mean, I know it was a really hard pill for me to swallow. Like, I didn't want eczema. I wouldn't want to admit that I'm the one that caused it, but I finally did. I, I accepted it. And Lauren, I biggest thing we tell people is you have, doesn't I mean it's, it's right or that it's easier and things like that, but you have to accept what you're going through is, is what you're meant to go through and it's accept where you are in life. Don't judge that you're behind or you're, you've messed up. Just accept and learn to love what you're going through and see right. that it's part of you. It is not you, but it is part of you learning more about yourself mm-hmm. to actually heal. I'm so glad that you said that. And I, I literally am holding my tongue back to not say a certain person's name because there's somebody actually I'm coaching um, right now. There's, there's two or three ladies that I'm coaching. And one of them, I probably will be coaching, but we're, I'm kind of friend coaching her. Mm-hmm. And all four of these ladies that I'm thinking about need to hear what you just said, because I was trying to um, explain or illustrate that point, which is because, again, coming from someone like myself who has lived mired in negative self-talk for years, just like you said, you, you said that both of you used to always say, I'm the girl with skin issues. I'm the girl with eczema. I'm the girl this, whatever. We label ourselves and we don't yeah. understand how much, I was just saying this to a girl on my team. Um, she's on my isogenics team. And she was like, you know, I, she kept saying these things and she was boxing with me. And so it was, it's an audio like act mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know. And she's like, you know, I keep doing this and I haven't had this and I haven't had this and I've gotten a bunch of no's and I'm not able to do this and people I'm following up with. And I'm like, okay, I understand that you want to share with me what's actually happening. And I'm not one to deny what's actually happening. You've had a lot of no's, but every salesperson, every business person has to have a lot of no's before they get the yeses. It's part of life. It makes you stronger. You keep going. So, but yeah. you've got to stop saying, I guess it's just me. I'm not good at this. I'm not a salesperson. I'm not this. Because the more that you say it and you keep saying it out loud, every time you talk to me, 
your brain is like, I'm not a good salesperson. I can't get anybody to call me. Nobody's, you know, that's, that becomes your story. And it's the same thing with losing weight. Women will go, I've tried everything. I can't lose weight. I'm fat. I have a bad thyroid. I said that for years. And then finally, just this past December, when I started simplifying and back to what you both said earlier, stopping stressing about food, worrying about macros and carbs. I lost weight because I just chilled out and started yeah. focusing on one thing, caloric deficit. And all I don't of a think sudden, sometimes people realize the importance of just that, that energy and the focus and the stress on the food mm-hmm. is sometimes more of the culprit than what you're actually eating and how you're eating it. I don't think people really understand that to the degree that they need to understand. It's more of the, the afterthought. How long are you still thinking about what you just ate? Are you, are you thinking about it before you even eat it? How all of that really plays a part. So once you stop and loosen up the reins, like you said, your body will then naturally start changing and transforming. And um, I don't think people really give that much attention or really much thought, but how powerful that really is. And that was going to be one of my next questions to you, because I, I put that big stars all around it when you said, we've got to stop stressing about food. Mm-hmm. Um, because the truth is, and, and you guys should go back and listen to a few clips. Um, when I interviewed Jordan Syatt, I don't know if you're familiar with him, uh-huh. but it was, it was him that, and it's so silly because, I mean, you girls have known me and we've known each other and we've known all these fitness people for all these years, right? Mm-hmm. Caloric deficit is not a new concept. This yeah. isn't, it's kind of like everyone's talking about intermittent fasting. This isn't new. I was doing it back in 2009 and that was, it wasn't new back then. Like so many things, but sometimes you have to stumble on something to go, whoa. And so for me, caloric deficit just got me to realize like all of the things that I was obsessing about and worrying about and freaking out about and driving myself crazy. And truly, I believe that was a big part of me driving myself into adrenal fatigue and burnout. I mean, my doctor at one point had to say to me, your adrenals, your cortisol, all of that is so bad. If you, he's like, I honestly don't know how you're able to stay through working through the day without passing out because of where your blood levels are. And he's like, if you don't start chilling out, you are going to end up in the hospital and not just for like a couple days, like you'll be out for a long time. And that scared me enough to, to like make me start paying attention. But will you explain that? Because a lot of women listening are like, what are you talking about? Don't stress out about food. I Mm -hmm. certainly can share my story and I have, but what was it for you that made you realize like we are making getting fit way too complicated. And not only are we making it way too complicated, but we're making ourselves sick because we're obsessing about stuff we don't even need to obsess about. For for me, I know for my, one of my big moments in having that shift was when I decided I wanted to become a mom and I wanted to ha- start having kids. And I realized, hey, I don't want my kids to have these issues. I don't want my kids freaking out over food or stressing over food because Michelle and I realized back then, it didn't matter what we were eating, we got different results. So then we realized it didn't matter what we ate. It was more of the mindset and our beliefs around what we were eating. The stress around what we were eating was more of the culprit than the actual. Because I was fearful of eating fruit for so many years. I thought it was yes. going to break down acne. So I avoided it. And now I can, I can eat apples. I can do anything and I don't break out. And it was just because I don't have that, that belief anymore. I believe what I'm eating is going to be good for me. I believe what I'm eating is going to give me clear skin. But I had to be wary 
aware of the story I was telling myself around my skin, but that was my shift of, hey, I really need to look at food differently here because I don't want my kids to grow up on a diet or thinking food, all this, you know, putting food on this pedestal when it is just food. And so that was my big shift for myself on, hey, I need to stop the obsessions around food and loosen up the reins. And then I got pregnant with my first child and I did. I was, it's so hard sometimes to explain, but it is a very an energetic inner experience. I just remember walking into the kitchen and feeling so free and so less stressful about food. And I really just ate whatever and I was fine. And it was, it was a very powerful moment for me. And each year it's just gotten better and better um, with that. Hey, everybody, this marks the end of part one of this two-part interview with Michelle and Lori Corso. Make sure you tune into part two.